as you probably know by now, I love British slang. And loads of other British people also love British slang. But how often do native speakers actually use these words? And what words do native speakers use the most often? And if you're going to learn new slang words, what's the best place to find these words? Well, today we're going to talk about all of this. All right, mate, and welcome to the Brit Speak Pod, the podcast designed to help you understand British life, British culture, and of course, British English. So let's get cracking. Hey, up, mate. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad. Thanks for asking. And welcome to episode 003 of the Brit Speak Pod. Today, we're talking all about British slang. But before we get into that, if you're new around here, my name is Dan. Nice to meet you. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're not new here, you're coming back. Welcome back. It's nice to see you again. Anyway, today we're talking all about British slang. And by now, you've probably worked out that I quite like British slang. If you've seen my Instagram, if you've seen my YouTube, if you've seen my podcast, well, listen to my podcast, I should say, then you know that I quite enjoy British slang, right? Some of you guys have probably already got my British slang guide, which if you haven't, I'll tell you about it in a bit. But I'm a fan of British slang. I love it. I use slang all the time, but not every British person feels the same as me. You know, it's not universal, this love of British slang that I have. So let me talk a little bit about why I like slang. And I think it comes down to the fact that I don't like formal English so much. So what's the opposite of formal English? Well, slang, right? That's the most informal English. And I think it's interesting to have other ways to express things that are a little bit unique, you know, to say things in a certain way that most people don't say it that way. I think that's pretty interesting. It's like a secret language that only people in the cool club know about, right? That's, that's how I feel about slang. And I grew up in Yorkshire, in Sheffield, to be precise. So a lot of Yorkshire slang, a lot of Sheffield slang is part of my identity and the way I use English, right? But like I said, not everybody feels that way. A lot of people don't like slang. They feel it's too casual. It's not professional enough. You know, they think it's quite stupid, quite immature, quite juvenile. And everybody's entitled to their own opinion. They're wrong, but they're entitled to that opinion, you know. Uh, you know, if you disagree with me, that's fine. If you want to be wrong, that's up to you. <laughs> no, seriously, though, slang has a place and slang has a time. You know, if you're, for example, giving a presentation at work, maybe don't use much slang in it. But if you're talking to your mate in the pub, go for it. It's always got a place and a time, right? The other thing that people don't really understand about British slang is that it's not universal across the UK. Just because we use a slang word in the north of England doesn't mean people in the south are going to understand what it means. I'll give you an example. In the north of England where I grew up, a piece of chewing gum we call chuddy. But people in the south won't know what that means because they call it chewing gum, probably. I don't know what they call it. They maybe have got a different slang word for it. But what I'm saying is it's not across the board. It's not universal. Not everybody uses the same slang words. For example, there's a thing in London called roadman slang. Now, this is like urban 
rap-based slang. And I'm a middle-aged white boy from up north. I don't really get it. But it's not for me. You know, that's fine. Like, they'd be like, yeah, they were bear man dems in the rave. What? <laughs> so, it's not universal. What one group of people know and understand is not going to be universally understood by everyone. And like I said, it's also a case of location. If you're in the pub with your mates having a chat, slang is fair play. But, you know, if you're, let's say, giving an acceptance speech at a university graduation, maybe you don't want to be like, yeah, or the man dims in the house, yeah? Maybe you're not going to be like that. I mean, you could if you want, but maybe, you know, pick a time and pick a place to use these slang words. But back to the original point is I love British slang and I love using British slang. I love teaching people British slang. And yeah, that's a big part of my identity, my linguistic identity, if you like. Um, But there are some words that are very British. They're British slang words that are pretty much known by most people across the country. And these are the most common British slang words that you will hear in everyday conversation. There's 10. I'm going to give you a top 10 list of British slang words that all British people know, right? And we're going to start from number 10. We're going to work our way through to number one, which is the most common word. And I'll give you some definitions and examples as we go along. So number 10 is probably the most British word. It's the word that people use when they're trying to put on a British accent, you know. And that word is the word bloody, bloody, like where the bloody hell are you? Bloody hell, you know, this, this bloody, it's bloody freezing. And yeah, it, I'll be honest, you hear it all the time in the UK, but it is for me, it feels a little bit old fashioned now. You know, it's the kind of stuff that the, maybe my grandma's generation used all the time. It's still common because it's kind of a meme now that everybody knows British people say, oh, bloody hell, where is my dinner? Or whatever they say. But it is a bit old fashioned. Yeah. So maybe you're not going to hear it from the youths on the street, but you will hear it if you're in England. And of course, bloody has got nothing to do with the blood inside your body, the red liquid stuff. It's got nothing to do with that. Bloody is basically another way of saying very Instead of saying, it's very cold today, say, it's bloody cold today. That was very expensive. It was bloody expensive. I don't like that film. It was really boring. It was bloody boring. You know, this kind of expression, we can add bloody instead of very. And it's just the same thing. Another way we'll do it is kind of like when we want to swear. Because, you know, like you banged your foot on the table or... You know, something bad happens and you want to swear, but you don't want to swear because there's kids around or something. Instead of saying fucking hell, you might be like bloody hell, (laughs) kind of a PG version or whatever. So there's that. And another way we do it is for emphasis. So instead of saying shut the door, I might really want to emphasize shut the bloody door. You know, shut your bloody mouth. Stop talking. (laughs) So there's three kind of ways that we use the word bloody in British English. Really common word, but old fashioned. The next one you will hear every single day. And it's related to money. Money makes the world go round. You know, like that song said, money, money, money. That thing. Basically, we have a word in England, which is slang for pound. 
in England, we use pounds and pence, right? But we have a slang word that probably you've heard before, and that word is quid. Instead of saying one pound, we say one quid, two quid, three quid, four quid, five quid, a million quid, whatever. Whereas with pound, it's one pound, two pounds, three pounds, right? But quid is kind of like an uncountable word. It's countable, but it doesn't change. So it's just one quid, two quid, three quid. So quid is a really common word that you're going to hear all the time. Next is a word I use a lot, and it's gutted. Gutted. Now, for me, I glottalize the T. Is it gutted? But some people will pronounce the T gutted. Gutted. Doesn't matter which one. And gutted is an expression that basically means extremely disappointed. You know, something happens and you're disappointed with the outcome. You're gutted. For example, you lost your wallet. Oh, mate, I am gutted. I lost my wallet. Or maybe your footy team loses in the cup final. Oh, mate, I can't believe we lost in cup final. I'm gutted. This kind of expression, very disappointed, right? We also use it as a reaction to somebody else's bad news. Your mate calls you, it's like, Dan, I've lost my job. And I'd be like, oh, mate, gutted. You know, this kind of just showing disappointment in one way or another. And like I said, gutted or gutted, you can pronounce it however you like. That's the freedom of British English. You can do what you want. The next one (laughs) is a great word. And it's number seven on our list. And it's cheeky. Cheeky. This is one of those words that's changed over time. And the beauty of this word is it will confuse the hell out of Americans, (laughs) which is always fun for British people, you know. But cheeky generally means like mischievous. Like a little kid that does something bad, but in a like a, a mischievous way that they can get away with it. Like, ah, he's cheeky. Like maybe he says something a little bit rude to his grandma. He's a little cheeky guy. You know, that's what most people understand this word means. However, in British English, probably about 10 years ago, it took on another meaning where you hear phrases like cheeky Nando's or a cheeky beer, a cheeky pint. Now, what this means is when we say cheeky in this sense, we mean doing something that we know we shouldn't do, right? Let's say you're on a diet and you know that you're supposed to eat like healthy food, but you're like, come on, mate, it's Friday. Let's go for a cheeky curry. Let's go for a curry. I know I'm supposed to be eating healthily, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's a cheeky curry. Or it's lunchtime on Friday. And you look at your mate, you're like, come on, let's go to the pub for a cheeky pint. You know you're not supposed to have a pint on your lunch break, but you're going to do it anyway. And it's cheeky. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, For some reason, cheeky Nando's became a really popular expression. Nando's is a chain of chicken restaurants in England, Um, like peri-peri chicken. I'm not sure why. Specifically, Nando's is cheeky, but there you go. That's what happened. So cheeky, that was number seven. Number six on the list is the word dodgy. Dodgy. Maybe you've heard this one before. So dodgy is another way of saying that something can't be trusted, right? If somebody or something is dodgy, it's of low quality. You don't trust it. For example, you're walking home at night and you can see a guy who looks a bit rough, a bit untrustworthy, you know. It looks like he could rob you at any second. (laughs) 
that guy looks dodgy. I don't want to talk to him. He's dodgy. Or maybe you buy a new iPhone from, I don't know, market. It's not from a proper shop. It's from like a, a bit of a dodgy shop, you know, and it's spelled I phone, but E Y E, you know, not I as in the letter E Y E iPhone, because it's a knockoff. It's dodgy. It's not the real thing. We also use it to talk about like injuries, like, oh mate, my knee's a bit dodgy. I've hurt it playing football. Oh, my knee's a bit dodgy. My knee doesn't work as well as it should. It's not, I don't trust my own knee to do what it's supposed to do. In that case, you can say it's dodgy. We often use it for restaurants as well. Like, mate, I wouldn't go into that restaurant. Food's a bit dodgy in there, you know. Give it a wide berth. I wouldn't go in there if I were you. So dodgy is another word you'll hear all the time. But that's kind of funny. Like cheeky, dodgy. We've got a lot of these E words. Dodgy, cheeky. Bloody is another one. But number five on the list, ironically, is also related to the number five. So earlier, I said that a quid is one British pound, right? We have two quid, three quid, four quid. But we don't really say five quid. We say a fiver. A fiver. A fiver. And a fiver is the paper note, the paper money that is worth five pounds, worth five quid. It's a fiver. And we'll often use this to talk about the price of something. Like, how much is it? Oh, it's a fiver. All right, cool. We'll also use it to talk about the actual paper money. Like, mate, I'm a bit skin. It's nearly payday. Can you lend me a fiver until Monday? You know, this kind of thing. So a fiver. For some reason, when I was growing up, we also called it a five bar. I don't really know why. And I don't really hear people say that anymore. But when I was growing up, it were a five bar. But a fiver. Everybody knows what a fiver is. It's five British pounds in paper money form. So there you go. And in that little explanation, I mentioned number four. I use the word skint. Skint is an interesting British slang word. Once again, it does feel a little old now. And we've got loads of other ways to say it, but skint is quite a common one. And it's number four on the list for a start. But skint is another way of saying that you don't have much money right now. Imagine that you get paid on the first of every month, right? You get your salary on the first of every month. That means on the 29th of the month, 30th of the month, you're probably not going to have much money left. You're skint. You're broke. You're skint. It doesn't necessarily mean poor. Poor kind of means like all the time. You've never got any money. But skin is quite temporary because, you know, you're waiting for the next salary or whatever. So, yes, yeah, skint is a very, very common British slang word. I'm just looking at my list. I've got a piece of paper with this list on it. And I'm enjoying that how pessimistic all these words are. You know, they're either talking about money, like fiver and quid, or they're all negative, like bloody, gutted dodgy skint (laughs) not positive words and that is a pretty good representation of the british psyche the british opinion you know we're we're quite a negative bunch of people anyway skint was number four now we get into the to the meat of the situation the top three have you got any predictions what you think are going to be in the top three right now get a pen and paper or if you're driving just mentally make a note what do you think are going to be the three most common British slang words on this list.
Well, I'm going to tell you number three right now. And there's two versions depending where in the country you are. But if you think about British people, right? What is the one thing that British people love? What is it? It's not the Queen or the King. It's not Buckingham Palace or Big Ben. No, what British people love is a nice cup of tea. Of course they do. Now, full disclosure, I don't like tea. I don't drink tea. I'm a coffee kind of person. But generally, British people, we like a cup of tea. Now, we've got two slang words for this, depending where in the country you are. If you're in the south of the country, you know, if you're in London or whatever, you're probably going to hear the phrase a cuppa. Cuppa. Now, this is cup of tea, but we just kind of slice it in half. Cuppa. Do you want a cuppa? Oh, I could murder a cuppa. Put kettle on. I fancy a cuppa. A cup of tea. Makes sense, right? But in the north, we don't say that. No siree. In the north, we say a brew. A brew. Like brewing. Brew. Because you put the tea bag in the water and it brews to make a cup of tea, right? So in the north, we'll say a brew. Like, do you fancy a brew? I could murder a brew. Put kettle on. I fancy a brew like this so either way you're gonna hear it all the time because obviously british people we have 90 percent blood and the other 10 percent is tea in our bodies so that's how it works number two most common slang word on this list once again related to money so if a quid is one pound and five quid is a fiver then what's 10 quid that's right my friend it's a tenner a tenner is a £10 note that's worth 10 quid. In exactly the same way that a fiver is worth five, a tenner is worth 10. And we use it exactly the same way. Can you lend me a tenner until payday? I'm skin. You know, how much is it? It's a tenner. Good stuff. Now, there's a joke here, which maybe won't translate well outside of English, but sometimes we call a tenner a Pavarotti. Now, if you don't know, Pavarotti you in the 90s and the 80s was a really famous Italian opera singer, Pavarotti, right? And he was a tenor. He, the singing he did, he was a tenor. Uh, but that's spelled T-E-N-O-R, like the musical tenor, right? However, in the UK, the same sound is what we call the piece of paper. So sometimes as a joke, we would say a £10 note is called a Pavarotti. Mate, lend us a Pavarotti till tomorrow. <laughs> you know? uh, I don't think people actually say that anymore. It's kind of a dated reference. But if you grew up in 90s and 80s like I did, oof, you would have heard that before. It's kind of like a dad joke, you know, a joke that's not funny. But there you go. Anyway, the grand finale of this list, numero uno, the top dog. And, and this is a word I use all the time. And even my wife uses a lot these days because she has me using it all the time. And that word is knackered. Knackered is the most commonly used British slang word. You've probably heard this one before, but basically it means very, very, very tired, exhausted, if you will. You've had a long day at work. You just want to come home and sit in front of the TV and watch Coronation Street or whatever. It's because you are knackered. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I want to relax. I am knackered. 
Now, what does that say about British people that the most used slang word is the word knackered? Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. But actually, what most people don't know about knackered is there's two meanings. The first one, which is to be very exhausted, to be very tired. Uh, and most people have heard of that one. But the other one is something is no longer useful because it's damaged or old, right? For example, let's say you have a, a bike and you've used it for 20 years. That bike is pretty old. It's knackered. It's not as good as it were. It's hard to use it because it's so old. It's knackered and you need to get a new bike. But, oh, I need I need a new phone. My phone's knackered. Yeah, it's not working as well as it should. My phone is obviously not tired. It's not exhausted, but it's old. It's been used a lot. It's time for an upgrade. It's knackered. So there you go. That is the British slang top 10. And I hope you enjoyed it. But the other thing I wanted to point out is if you're going to learn British slang, how can you find British slang? What's the best way to find British slang? Well, generally, British people, we pick up slang naturally in daily conversation because it evolves. It changes over time, right? There's always new slang words coming up. So we tend to learn slang words in our daily life, just interacting with English, you know, from your family or your friends. Maybe you watch a new TV show and you pick up some slang words from TV or radio or whatever, music even, social media, Twitter, uh, what's it called? Threads, that new one on Instagram. Picking up slang from the internet is quite good. Uh, at work, co-workers or from your partner. We basically pick up slang through daily life interactions. So if I were you and you want to learn some slang, get on internet and just start interacting with British people and see what kind of weird ways they express themselves, right? And then you want to go one step further. Right at the beginning, I mentioned that I've got an A to Z guide of British slang. It's an ebook. You can download it. It's totally free. Put your fivers and your tenors back in your pocket. It's free. Doesn't matter if you're skin. You can download it right now and you can get it and start, lose, start using it to learn British slang. So you can find it at Britspeak.co forward slash British dash slang dash guide. The links are in the show notes, but Britspeak.co forward slash British dash slash. Wait, let's try that again. Britspeak.co forward slash British dash slang dash guide. Okay, so make sure you go and download it. But that's it for today. Next week, I've got a very special guest on the podcast. Stu Sensei is coming and we're going to be talking about how you can practice speaking English, even if you're on your own. So make sure you check back for that. But thanks for your time today. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll catch you in the next one. See you there.